This is your friendly neighborhood aviator. What's up, everyone? My name's Ethan, and welcome back to Ask an Atheist. And it's a special day today. It's National Ask an Atheist Day. So if you have any questions, drop them in the comments. Uh, my guest for today uh, is none other than Secular Sexuality's own ex-cult baby, a.k.a. Rudy B. Ooh, I've never been called Secular Sexuality's own, and that feels right. That you 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 do you are very much I, part of that show, and now also with the nonprofits you're doing a lot more too. That just feels good to hear. Thank you. <laughs> I feel so valid right now. Because <laughs> as I was saying it, I was like, "Wait, should I be saying this?" So I'm glad it worked out as a positive. That that feels right. I mean, I'm not like a regular host of either show, but I'm a semi regular co-host and that's good enough yes. i've upgraded from guest so that's yeah that's pretty nice w working with the aca has has been great and, right uh, yeah really good time and you actually at least from my stance you feel like you're making a difference because the aca made a difference in my life many years ago yeah uh, we are we are on the same page there yeah, it was an episode of the atheist experience that was like my my nail in the coffin of deconversion. So, yeah, when I kind of ended up being a mod and then being a guest, it was kind of like it was weird. It was like, hey, how the <laughs> fuck did I end up here? Right, you feel so <laughs> out of place. You're like, should I really be here right now? Like, why do you guys want to hear what I have to say? Who the yes. fuck am I? <laughs> That's that's how we feel every time I go on the air and there's people watching the show. I'm like, wait, people actually want to hear what I have to say. It's it really is validating in a way and makes you feel good that people want to hear your opinion. Yeah, I I have never, never, never thought that my like my opinions were especially interesting. The only reason I even started making content was because I thought I had one original idea. It was like, <laughs> oh, my God, what if I do? atheist Bible reading. I have never seen that before. And then after I started doing it, I realized lots of people had done something similar. And I was like, okay, well, I'm putting my own spin on it at least. I'm, I got something. Do you know what I always wanted to do? That reminds me of uh, people saying, like, let atheists read Bible quotes to your children. I, I asked who would let me read Donald Trump quotes to their children. I don't know if children want to hear that. I don't know. If I don't think I'd want children to hear that. Like, would you let me read those quotes to your children if you supported him? The thing about the Bible quotes thing, though, is that that adults did quote the Bible to me as a child, and I was sufficiently traumatized by it. Uh, there is a very specific story that I love to tell because this is a perfect example of this, but it's also very funny. Uh, my... One of my uncles is, uh, I don't know if he just has male pattern baldness and that's why he decided to start shaving his head. But as long as I have known him, he's always had a shaved head, right? Mm -hmm. And at some point as a child, I started calling him baldy because I thought that that was like the pinnacle of comedy. Oh. <laughs> and one day he got fed up and he sat me down and he read me that scripture about Elijah calling the she-bears to kill the children who called the prophet Elijah bald. And I literally started crying. And my aunt came in and was like, what did you do? Why would you tell her that story? What's wrong with you? And he was a congregation elder. That was fucked up, man. He, but he's my uncle. So it's like, yeah, I guess if anybody's going to traumatize me, it's going to be you. You did this to me on purpose. You wanted to scare the shit out of me. And you know what? That's valid. It's like they're supposed to be the cool ones, though. Like He was cool until I started giving him shit back. He's allowed to tease me. I'm not allowed to tease him. That's how it oh, works. Okay. It's like, oh, no, no. You're getting too smart now. You need to know your place, child. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. oh, by the way, Kyle, yes. I don't know why Twitch buffers. Uh, it's one of the reasons I dislike it because it has it does that constantly compared to YouTube, which doesn't. Uh, anyways, X Colt, Rudy, why are you an atheist? Why am I an atheist? Uh, I stopped having 
good enough reasons to not be one. And I had to face that reality. Like I, I, uh, um, I didn't, I left my former religion before I actually deconverted. Uh, I never stopped believing it, but I was, I mean, it's a cult, so it's kind of exclusive. If you don't follow the rules, if you don't toe the line, then you're out. So I was out, but I believed that I was doomed. Like, I didn't stop believing that it was true. I just believed that I was going to get fucked in Armageddon. Uh, so did that prevent you from, like, still living your life at that point, since you were scared of Armageddon? That Armageddon? Uh, a little, but not really, because at that point I'd just given up. I was oh. like, I have a few more years left on this Earth before the end of the world happens, and I might as well be happy instead of miserable as a Jehovah's Witness trying to not die in Armageddon. I'm just going to enjoy the years I have left before Armageddon happens because I clearly can't live up to the standards of being a Jehovah's Witness. Right. I'm going to die anyway. I might as well enjoy the time I have left. That was my mentality for a while was like, yeah, I'm screwed, but uh, at least I don't feel like a constant fucking failure. For the last few years I have left. Terrible when they like that. It makes you feel that way. It, it you feel like you're broken. Yeah. And I, I did feel broken. I was, I felt very much broken. Uh, there were times at that point when I was just like, just randomly crying, just like having a full breakdown. Therapy helped a lot with that. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, when I finally deconverted, it was after a few sort of things had happened and come together at that point for me, which was one, I realized that worldly people were not evil, uh, like as a group. They weren't just generally shittier than the Jehovah's Witnesses that I knew. Uh, a lot of them were really good people who were loyal and stuck by me and supported me in ways that I never thought anybody could support me. So that broke down some of my uh, ideas about what the rest of the world was like. <gasps> Jenna! Hi, Jenna. I love you, Jenna. My, Jen uh, my, I don't know if you can hear that. My cat is scratching at the door right now. I hear, I hear it, yeah. He always does this. Give me one second. Get Band-Aid! Get him! Bring him here! All right, hang on. Come here, buddy. Oh, this is probably endlessly entertaining for people. Oh, I hear him. I hear the baby. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> ah, there he is. The real star of the show. The real brains of the operation. Oh, what a baby. Yeah, he's... uh. <laughs> he's been actually kind of a uh a, a jerk today so he mm. he has a when i first got he was a feral so for the first few years of his life he was very aggressive and abusive like my, me and my ex would just be cut up all the time <laughs> and he when we moved and my partner and i had separated he became like a whole new cat after I moved out, like loving. Now he cuddles with me. He's like, actually like nice, but earlier today, and maybe it's because of my anxiety, he started like snapping at me again. And I'm like, dude, no, don't go back to that. You've been so loving this whole time. Cats, man. Yeah. Maybe he I, needs therapy. Yeah, he probably does. Which I think Rudy B and I both agreed before the show that cats are the official mascot of the atheist community. As far as like the animal kingdom goes for non-human animals, it's cats. Because if there's any animal that you can look at and be like, you fear no gods, <laughs> it's cats. <laughs> cats fear no gods. They no. don't even fear their owners. No, they don't because they know they run the show. Yeah, they know. They're like, you're not going to kick me out. <laughs> I know what the fuck is up. So, uh, 
uh, just to jump back a little bit, why is atheist activism important to you? Because I I needed it when I was deconverting. I didn't have it. I mean, when I say I didn't have it, I just should say I didn't know about it. Okay. I didn't I didn't recognize that there were resources for people like me. I didn't know that my experience was a common one. I felt incredibly alone. Uh, even with the support of my partner, who is now my fiance, like uh, we had just started dating only a couple of months after I left. Oh, and so he was with me for the entire transition. And he was also an atheist, and he still is an atheist now. But he didn't come out of a cult. All right. So very, very different experiences. Yeah. Uh, and he wasn't trying to deconvert me either. He actually was the first person to say, maybe you need to just go to a different church if you feel like there's this hole there. And I was like, no, because the church that I left was the true one. And... Uh, I don't oh. just, I don't have a vague spiritual hole in my heart. I have a very specific true religion that I am defying. <laughs> so I'm, this is the, yeah, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work. So he was like essentially very supportive to you. It sounds like. Yeah. During that he, transition. I, Sorry, I, they, they, I said he, I apologize. No, he, he is a he. That's fine. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I just, I, you know, he tried to be supportive, but I, I was like, I really felt like nobody in the whole goddamn world could understand what I was going through. Um, and as far as the people that were in my life at the time, that was true. Uh, none of them fully understood that experience. So I felt really lost and it wasn't until I actually deconverted and was like wow there's literally no reason to believe that any of this was true I don't need to live my life as if I'm going to die in a few years right. uh, it's it's a terrible way to live uh, like and it's just it's so traumatizing and I will say at times I do look around like I recently saw a Christianity for kids and I'm just like looking at it and I'm just like, Ugh. like I, I want to at times like lash out and get angry, but then I'm like, uh, uh, that's not going to do anything. I got to be patient and calm and just do my best to spread positive atheism and help like, yeah. educate people. I think you I do can. a great job of that. If, let me just say. I think that you are one of the most positive, positive atheists I know. Uh, I, my angry atheist phase was very short because I'm not an angry person. Like I, when I'm mad, I have to just like let myself be as mad as possible. And I'll be like, like what, like when I'm mad, I like literally I got into a fight with my partner yesterday and I rewrote the same text message three times or something because every single time I wrote it, I was like, that's kind of fucked up. You know, you're not going to mean that shit when you're not angry anymore. Don't said that. No. And, Sometimes and, just writing it out yeah. makes a huge difference and can be very calming. Or like I have found one that's been a great therapy for me is I will grab a uh, like grab my sound recorder and I'll say what I want to say to that person. And it'll feel like I'm talking to them. And then when I'm, I'll stop it, I'll feel way better. Most of the time I'll end up deleting it or I'll listen to it and then get mm -hmm. rid of it. Um, and then that helps me like figure out it, where I'm being emotional at and to try and, you know, approach the conversation as best as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it was, uh, uh, we texted back and forth and then I called him and then we hashed things out. And even when we ended the call, it was still like, mm not great terms but then half an hour later when he got home i was like okay at this point i've just decided that like 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 i said my piece on the phone there's nothing else i need to say right except for i'm sorry that some of the things that i said were hurtful and then he said pretty much the same thing and it's like okay huh all right 
you, you know, the thing we were fighting about didn't matter that much anyway. So just let it go. But yeah, I didn't, as far as God, we, we are all ADHD, man. ADHD. That's we're gone. We're gone. You know what? These <laughs> don't need to be focused. They're, you know, more to get to know other parts of our lives and not yeah. just the, you know, atheist religion side. So yeah. feel free to go wherever the conversation leads. As yeah. long as you're comfortable. Uh, there are a few things that I'm not comfortable talking about, to be honest. But like, yeah. That beforehand, so I'll be careful. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, I guess that atheist activism became important to me simply for the reason that I felt like that was missing when I was deconverting. And I felt hopelessly alone. If I didn't have my partner who was incredibly supportive while I was deconverting, I have no idea where I would be. No fucking clue. I know it wouldn't have been great because it already wasn't great even with his immense support. I was in a really dark place. It wasn't as dark as when I was miserable within the cult, but uh, still pretty bad. So... Ever affect you today? Like, ha are you completely past it, or are there times where you're still like, you get that sense of, oh my God, something could happen? I've always been pretty pragmatic. Uh, like, once I figured out as a kid that bees will pretty much only sting you if you fuck with them, I pretty much instantly stopped being afraid of bees. It was like, oh, well. Okay, I guess that the if the if a bee lands on me because I'm wearing a floral dress, it's just curious, and I have literally nothing to worry about unless I freak out. So not freaking out is the best thing I can do. Uh, so in kind of the same way, as soon as I realized and acknowledged, huh, I have no reason to believe that any of the shit is true. I don't have any reason for it to fuck with my brain either. Like, there's no reason to, like, like, from that moment on, I immediately questioned all these things that came up. Like, uh, it was so easy to accept from there. Like, hey, having lots of sex is fine. It hurts literally no one. Like, I immediately adopted this humanist perspective of, like, there's no reason to think so many things that I taught right. I was taught were bad are bad. There's literally no reason to think any of that. <laughs> and it was like, oh, the world is opened up to me. It was such a burden off my shoulders. It, a, a lot of that stuff pretty much stopped fucking with me immediately after I accepted that there was no reason to believe it. Uh, and I know that that's not everybody's experience. But for me, it was just like an instant relief it was like the only time i've ever like i've been to the er like twice in my life and the second time i was in a lot of pain and i remember uh the the nurse gave me morphine and like two seconds later i was like oh <laughs> that worked really fast and that's that like literally like i'd never had morphine before so i was just like huh like, I went from, like, an 8 to, like, a 2 on the pain scale. Like, in an instant. That's insane. And that's how it felt, like, when I sort of got rid of my theistic beliefs. was just like, oh. All right. That's a really good way to describe it. It's like, I always liked the Ultron quote, there are no strings on me. It's like you're literally just breaking. You know that he was quoting Pinocchio. You can't contribute. You can't attribute that to Okay, Ultron. you're right. Sorry. <laughs> you're right. But Ultron says it way cooler. He does say He's it way cooler, but he voice. doesn't sing it. Pinocchio right. sings sing it. it. But I don't know. I just, I, I for a long time, like, felt like myself trying to break free of those strings, not just from, like, a religious and a political sense, but my, you know, my marriage at the time, um, like we're, we're friends now, but we just did not belong together. So, uh, that quote just resonates with me a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, for me, it was like, Hey, these are totally imaginary strings that I have been restraining myself with for absolutely no fucking reason. Right. And, and now that I realize they are not there, I'm like, 
what have I been doing? I'm going to go run around and shit. Like what? <laughs> Dude. And it affects you at least uh, it, me sexually so much because of how much shame there is and how they make you think like sex is dirty. I mean, there's like, I think only now am I getting to like, to a point where I'm open to trying things because I'm just mm -hmm. like, stop feeling like that. This should be enjoyable, but it really can screw you up mentally. Yeah. I had pretty much already gotten rid of that before I actually deconverted for the sole reason that, again, I kind of thought I'm going to die anyway. I might as well enjoy this existence while it lasts. But at the same time, uh, and I was also, you know, I, I, I came out to my parents as bisexual when I was 15. Okay. I was uh, just beginning to explore concepts of alternate gender. Uh, when I left, it was sort of just like, huh, I can think about that now. I'm good. I can actually acknowledge those things now. Um, but basically, I, you know, part of what got me out was the fact that I was a sexually repressed being and I recognized it. I, oh, uh, I didn't have shame after I left so much as I did when I was in. I was so sexually repressed. I shamed myself for masturbating. I literally yes, kept it. Yes, same. Because you feel like somebody's going to watch you do it. And the it's thing is, horrible. I literally did it because it helped me sleep. Like, it <laughs> helped me relax at the end of the day and sleep. Like, it wasn't like I was some sort of insane, horny child who just, <laughs> like, uh, okay. like... Well, but the thing is, there's nothing wrong with that either, because that's totally fucking normal. It's a trope for a reason, which is because it's a very ordinary experience for a teenager. But I didn't even have that. I was just like, I masturbated maybe once a day. And that was literally like, okay, it's time for bed. I need to chill out. I have ADHD. I have all this pent up energy. I need to relax. And it helped. It helped a lot. It helped a lot to the point that I went three months without masturbating once, which I marked on a calendar, <laughs> which I marked on a calendar. <gasps> that was wow. how I, that was how I kept a visual track of myself was if I had gone a day without masturbating, I would mark off the day with a green check mark. And if I didn't, it would be a red X. And I had three months of green check marks, and then I had a night where I just could not sleep. I couldn't fall asleep for anything. I was up late. I had to go to school the next day, and I was just like, I know this is going to help, but it'll make me feel terrible, but I need to fall asleep right now. <laughs> and I felt so bad, and I literally just oh, wanted to sleep. That's horrible. <laughs> It sucks how much it, it does that to you and how, like, you just feel such shame for something so stupid. You should be able right. to enjoy it and relax. Right. It's it's silly. It's silly. Uh, the, the, uh, basically, at whatever point while I was still living at home with my family that I realized, like, I'm not going to successfully be a Jehovah's Witness. Like... I started to just not let myself feel guilty. It was like, you know, I'm going to die in Armageddon either way because I can't be a Jehovah's Witness, right? So I might as well stop trying to be. And at that point, I was just like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to masturbate and be okay with it because, right. because I have to, because otherwise I'm just going to keep making myself miserable. And yeah. It's just, it's sad. And I wish there was a way for us to like stop other people from having to go through that again, yeah. because it, it can mess you up for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so open about it is because I want other people, other kids. Ooh, thank you, honey. I told my uh, partner it was okay if he interrupted the stream to give me mac and cheese. 
Uh, I I hope that's okay. <laughs> Dude, I don't care, man. To me, I like these interviews to be laid back, you know, comfy, everyone relaxing. Um, I, I don't like stiff and straight. That's no fun. Yeah. Well, this is relaxed as hell. You got up to get your cat. I got yeah. a bowl of mac and cheese. <laughs> We're shooting the shit. But okay. So <laughs> confession on that. Now, I want to be very clear. I don't agree with any of his views. Um, but I love the way he does interviews. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan. I've literally he, never seen any Joe Rogan interviews. There, so despite but I've heard, I've heard is a lot of extremist right wing propaganda. I mean, he puts Alex Jones on, so I would not listen to him and consider what he says reliable, um, unless it's MMA related. Um, but even in that. <laughs> he still has major issues with the trans community. So I would not listen to him, but I did used to. Um, However, I like his approach, like just two people talking a laid back conversation about anything and everything going on. That's, that's kind of the best thing to me too. It's like, I, I, I I don't know how to do a professional interview. I'm, I'm not a, I'm me. I say, like I say, fuck as soon as the opportunity arises. And then afterwards, I'm like, should I have said that? Mm, I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> I've already said it. I might as well keep saying it until somebody tells me to stop. <laughs> I can't say how many times I blurred something out and I'm just like, I, I didn't mean it like that. It's that that impulsivity that comes with ADHD. It's not fun. Yeah, Speaking well, which, makes life interesting. Uh, it does. But uh, how does ADHD impact your daily life, both positives and negatives? Oh, it's mostly negatives. Let's be real. Yes. Let's be real. It's mostly negatives. <laughs> My yeah. house is a goddamn mess. So is so is so is our minds. Or sorry, I can't say our. In my- oh no, you can say our. Okay, can, our minds you are. Know, a mess. You know. You know. Like, like I know it. Everyone doesn't have it the same way but mine is just like endless amounts of fireworks going off like just mine's so a jar of bees yeah, there you go just like not and it's just like please calm down please and ironically the only thing in the past two years i've been able to find aside from weed that actually does help it cu- calm down is cuddling i don't know That's what it is so about fucking that, wholesome but it totally like <laughs> I just, when I, once I discovered it, I was like, holy crap, because I've even lost the ability to watch movies and TV shows because of how bad it's gotten. But then like in this few situations where I was cuddling, I was like, just my brain was like, like it was like, it's, happy. it's aligned you know? now. We can yes. make things happen now. Yes. I can make a <laughs> rational decision again. Like, whoo. Yeah, I get that. I, uh, yeah, uh, my worst uh, when I was a kid, I was just hyper as hell, even when I was medicated, because I started taking uh, Concerta, a.k.a. methylphenidate, when I was 10, because my parents knew pretty much from as soon as I could walk and talk that I had ADHD. They waited to get me diagnosed and get me on medication. I mean, 10 years I'm... old was them waiting. I gotta say, I'm actually kind of an I don't want to say impressed with that, but compared to what I went through, I'm kind of impressed oh, with that. Like, yeah, I'm sure. I, I, it's weird because my parents deny so much science in so many areas of their life, being fundamentalist Christians. But like, when it comes to mental health and pretty much any science that does not directly contradict the doctrines that they are that they follow, uh, they're like, yes, science is good. Science is. Yeah, science is good. So, like, they recognized pretty quickly in my life, like, that child has ADHD and is not going to do super well without some kind of medication or therapy. Uh, I actually started to see a a, a psychiatrist at the same time I started taking meds. Um, But I guess as a little kid, it didn't do much for me. And I kind of got bored of it and, like, "Mm, I don't know what this is doing for me. I like I'm just talking to this old dude for like an hour about like I don't even remember it just didn't do that much for me as a kid 
Um, I was so hyper. I was so hyper. I hated going to sleepovers and stuff like that because there's always lots of candy. Right. And it's like, well, I'm not going to not eat the candy, but then everyone's <laughs> going to fucking hate me because I'm going to be the worst person ever. Right. I'm going to be the worst behaved child by far. And everyone's going to hate me and I'm going to have no friends and I'm going to feel terrible and lonely, but I'm not going to not eat the candy because it's there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that, it, it kind of ruined my social life as a kid. And nowadays it's just like hard for me to get myself going most my my worst symptom now as an adult is executive dysfunction by far uh sorry what is that oh so executive oh gosh i'm not a fucking expert let me preface <laughs> i'm not a fucking expert i experience it that doesn't mean i i you, you know when you're sitting on the couch and you're watching tv and you look over at your cat's litter box and it's absolutely full of shit and you're like, I should clean that litter box. But the TV's still on. So you don't get up. And then by the time that show is over, you're like, you just press next episode without even thinking. And then you're like, I'll do it after I'm done with the after I'm done watching my show. And then uh before your show ends, your partner yeah. gets home and you're like, hi, honey, how are you? Come sit, come talk to me. Oh, you want to go somewhere and do something? Sure, let's do that. You just, like, I think that I don't have any time. The reality is I have plenty of time. I just physically am not doing the things that I know that I need to fucking do. Dude, you're describing. I didn't know this. This happens so much. Yeah, like, it's like, I know I need to do this. I literally wake up every day like, the cat litter boxes are so full. They're absolutely filled with shit. The cats are going to start shitting on the couch. It's like red alert time, and I still don't fucking do it. I still just sit down to watch TV. <laughs> so why is that? Like, I guess... Oh, I guess I, I don't know if you'd be the person to ask this too. But what, how does that happen? Like, why do I wish do I that? fucking knew? Because <laughs> I wish I fucking like, knew. I remember a perfect example is when I, you know, still, uh, this is many years ago when I lived in a different home. Uh, you know, it was always after the next episode of Buffy. And before I knew it, it's 12 hours later and I'm still watching Buffy. I can't unplug and I'm watching it till the last second of when I literally have to get ready to run out the door to go to work. I think part of it is it's is hyperfixation. It's like I'm doing something I would rather be doing and I really don't want to get up and I really don't want to get up and clean the litter box. It's kind of gross. But it's not just a matter of not wanting to do it. It's really not. Like your brain will not like like you have to force yourself or find a way to break the cycle of whatever you're already doing to make yourself do it. Like, right. and it's difficult because you have to, you have to consciously break out of whatever your brain is already used to doing, which, you know, to a neurotypical person, it's like, so you decide to clean the litter box. That's what you're saying. You just need to decide to do the thing that you keep telling yourself you need to do. And it's like, yes, but it's not actually that simple. And no. I don't know how to describe it to someone who doesn't have executive dysfunction. They, they don't get it. They're like, well, you just need to do it. We're like, yeah, like I know I need to do it. You think I don't know, know I need to do it? <laughs> I know just, I need to do it. All you have to do is just get up and do it. It's, it's, not that simple. <laughs> I wish it were as simple as me just being like, this is something I need to do and doing it, but it's not. Right. It's, and it can be what people don't realize is debilitating. Like I have, uh, and I don't know if you can relate to this at all, Rudy, but uh, in the bedroom, absolutely affects you. You're, you know, immersed in it one moment and then a second later. Your brain is just like. Yep. And you're just like all the place. And you know, for, for that's not good when it's a guy because you know what happens. Mm. We go on functioning. <sighs> yep. and, it's just, and then it's like 
you have to break away because there's no way to snap back into it. You have to take like this, as my co-host of the pickup line says, Hannah Vaughn, a, a uh, reset. Like it's a, you just have to break away. It's so weird. Yeah. I haven't had that much experience with that because uh, my partner is ace. So is ace? We, asexual. Oh, okay. Uh, so when we do finally kind of get together, it's like, oh, all right, well, let's just do the thing. And then, then we're done. And then it's like, yay. Uh, but it's fine because I'm also on depression meds, which just make me sort of lose my sexual appetite, I guess. So it's like right. between me being medicated and him being a sweet, we're fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but oh. I've definitely experienced that. And the thing is, because he's ace, it's like, look, I'm doing this for you. If you're not into it, what are we doing? And it's like, I'm <laughs> not trying to not be into it. But I literally lost interest for 0.2 seconds, which was enough to make my brain just go on something else that isn't yep. sex. And now I'm just like, well, I'm not in the mood for sex anymore. Not because of anything you That's did, but just because my brain's like not, I'm not in the sex uh, headspace anymore. I'm just not there. And it's, it's like, and you, there's no, there's nothing you can do to go back to it. At yeah, like once it's, to once it's gone, it's gone. And I'm like, you know, we can do this again later. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm over it. It was fun while it lasted. You know, <laughs> you can finish if you want. I'm just going to chill. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, I, I did forget to mention one other thing. Jenna's right. Psilocybin is the other thing I've noticed that helps. With I've my never ADHD. tried it. Like, oh, uh, dude, you, sorry, I'm not a doctor, but oh my God, I felt the next day after I took my dose, I felt like someone went inside my brain, gave it a good cleaning. And then like it was operating on its normal cylinders, like no ADHD, no depression, no anxiety, just cool. I'm calm. This is what I need to do. And literally like good. Everything that I have heard about hallucinogens is like, uh, more than likely, if you've got depression or some shit, this is like a hard reset button. This is the turning, this is the holding down the power button until it turns off, waiting half an hour and then turning it back on again <laughs> yep. for your brain. And I'm like, why the fuck haven't I done that? A hard reset for my brain sounds so refreshing. It sounds so good. I, I, while I can't recommend it at the same time, I do recommend it because yeah. man, was it helpful. Now I do if think you can important. acquire it legally, of course. I mean, I can, <laughs> uh, never mind. Official recommendation. If you can acquire it legally. Yes. That, <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, just be careful. Most importantly, be responsible. Like for me, everybody's different, but. The first time I was going to do it, I tried just a little tiny bit, like not enough to get messed up because I wanted to know just what enough I was to feel involved. some effects. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is the type of feeling I'll have. It'll be amplified, obviously, but at least I know the direction it's going. And then I'll pick another day where, you know, I'm free from distractions and, and do it. Yeah. One time I was like so hyper. I had my socks on and I'm running back and forth in the house back and forth, like sliding and dancing. It was just such a riot. <laughs> That's fabulous. Uh, oh, if you can't ever acquire a Rudy B, it's definitely recommended. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend it to myself. Gosh. <laughs> I, like, I've seen so many documentaries and I'm just like, I want that stuff. Give me that well, stuff. <laughs> In Illinois, they have some medical facility that you can sign up to go and do it with. So, might be worth a trip to Illinois. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, that sounds awesome. Um, anyways, uh, what do you got going on and what else do you have coming up? What do I have going on? Uh, I was unemployed for the entire year of 2020. And now that I'm employed again, 
which is fabulous. I love to have a job. I was super depressed not working. And anybody who thinks that you need to have a uh, a uh, financial incentive to do work is fucking wrong because not working at all absolutely sucks and makes you feel it bad. Does. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. But Sorry, but dude. but besides the that that's not even the point of what I'm saying. But like, hey, capitalism bad. But anyway, uh, <laughs> basically, now I'm trying to learn how to balance YouTube and online stuff with a work schedule again, and. I've posted hardly anything this year. I'm going to be coming back with a Q&A video. That's how I intend to hop back on the YouTube train. I don't know when that's going to come out. Uh, because I've only really just now gathered enough questions to actually do a Q&A video. But really? Just now? Well, not just now, now, but like you, you know, like like very recently, and okay. yeah, I have to, I have to plan out when I'm gonna do it, or I have to wake up one day and be like, today's the day, and then I do it. Uh, you know, ADHD style. Yes, the, yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> for some odd reason, my ADHD is unbelievably focused on YouTube, and like, I have everything organized. My life, not so much, but my YouTube man, that is down to like a science. Yeah, I I wish that that were still the case for me. There was a time when that was true. It is not anymore, alas. I still have all the stuff to do it. I'm just not doing it. Huh. If you well, ever need, never need like a, a motivational buddy to be like, dude, do a video. Let me know. You know what's funny? Holy Kool-Aid has done that for me too. Like he'll randomly like hit me up on Facebook Messenger and be like, "Hey, I'm working on a video. Are you working on a video?" And I was like, "Yeah. I mean, kind of. I have a video in my head. I just haven't done it." He's like, "Okay, set a time." And I'm like, "Okay. I'm going to do it tomorrow." And he's like, "Yeah." And then he checks back the next day and he's like, "Did you do it?" And I'm like, "Yeah. It is really good to have somebody who just randomly hits you up to be like, hey, are you doing things that you want to do? Are you getting things done? Are you being as productive as you'd like to be? And I'm like, no, thank you for checking in. I'm not doing as good as I want to be at all. <laughs> Holy Kool-Aid is a dude. He's a good fucking dude. He's awesome. He's a good fucking dude. He is... Uh, I don't know him super well personally. I've, I met him at Faithless Forum like a couple of years ago and I've chatted on with him on the phone a couple times. Um, now that I think about it, I don't think we've done any videos together in any capacity, which is bizarre. Um, but he's also Eric's roommate, which is cool because Eric's one of my D&D &D players um, in my regular D&D &D group. So it's like I hear about what Thomas is doing all the time. I just don't talk to him as often as as I would like. It's our community is so interesting. <laughs> pretty cool, though. Largely yeah. pretty awesome. Like, I have met some of the coolest and mo most supportive people I've ever met in my life. Uh, particularly, like, a lot of good, like, mental health support system. Like, I have in place for some of the friends I've met in the community. Like, they're they're great. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would have done during the year of 2020 without my online friends, man. I fucking, it would have been bad. Yes. It was like, already bad, but it would have been worse. Oof. Yeah, I got lucky. Like, I, you know, my world opened up when everything mm -hmm. shut down. And it's, mm -hmm. it's been great. Like, I finally like, have atheist friends and people I have stuff in common with. Uh, I've only now started recently meeting atheists in person, which is cool. And next month, I'm going to be in Austin, Texas. So... I can't wait. See all uh, your buds. Yes. I get to meet Holy Kool-Aid, Hannah Vaughn, Eric Murphy, Jenna Belk, uh, V. That's going to be the coolest thing ever. That's really awesome. And I still I wish I was like there. an atheist YouTuber. What? And I still don't feel like an atheist YouTuber. You are an atheist YouTuber, <laughs> I, I don't see it, though. I, still I, don't. I get it, though, because... 
the first time I went to Faithless Forum, my partner was like, hey, you're going to be on that stage next year. Hey, next year, it's going to be you. You're going to be giving, you're, you're going to be up there with, with them. And I'm like, are, are you insane? Like, I know that you're trying to be supportive and all that, but like, that's just unrealistic. Let's be real. Uh, and then I got an invitation to be a speaker at Faithless Forum in 2020, which didn't happen, but I'm still going right. to be on in 20 or in 2021 if they have it this year. Uh, but I was like, huh, I am an atheist YouTuber. Huh. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I really am up there with them, huh? You People want to hear what I have to say. That's interesting. I don't know why they do that. Because what you say matters. Stop. I know that. Because when other people say it, I say the same thing. But <laughs> let me yeah, wonder. Since we need reminders that what yeah. we do, what we say matters. Yeah. Um, I have one last quick question from the audience. Then we're going to jump out of here. Is uh, what age did you figure out you were non-binary? I figured it out sometime in 2020. Um... So pretty recently, like 21, uh, I had suspicions previous to that, um, since I was like 15 or 16, but I didn't like kind of fully like face that or recognize that enough to call it what it is until then. Yeah, I, I it took me a bit to figure that out. I one of the reasons is kind of like an imposter syndrome type thing. Like when I was a teenager in high school, I saw I had a, a very good friend who was a binary trans guy, and he was really short and really skinny and really feminine looking. So he had just the worst goddamn dysphoria. And you know, I never saw him as feminine or girly or anything because, you know, pretty much as soon as he said, I'm a dude, I always perceived him as a dude. I, that was just the way that it was. But because I saw the shit that he went through as a binary trans person with severe gender dysphoria, I just didn't, uh, I didn't recognize my own version of you know not really being congruent with my assigned gender at birth because it's like well I don't have it as bad as him I don't want to claim that label uh cuz it just didn't feel like it didn't feel right in comparison but I guess I was just gatekeeping myself really and I it took me a while to realize I'd been gatekeeping myself yeah, that makes sense. Uh, hey, where can well, we got a, a kind of a weird question at the end, which I don't really even know how to address. So, do you all believe in space and science and whatnot, or do you just think there's nothing greater than humans? Wow, I, I don't want to assume what you're saying, so you would need to clarify a bit better. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, Devin, I will say. I get where this, even though I the question isn't really worded specifically enough that we 100% know what you're asking, I get where you're coming from. Is as a as a theist, it you probably look at atheists and you're like, okay, but you know, is nothing greater? No, no you know what what the hell is there? Because. Uh, no doubt your religion probably dictates a lot of your understandings of the world and ideologies, so the idea of not having anything like that is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, but I can tell you, we all, you know, uh, atheism isn't uniform. We're all individuals with our own shtick. Some atheists believe in lots Ghost. of things that I don't believe in. Yeah, lots of supernatural things, just not a god. Which Some of them confuses me, by the way. Like to me, yeah. if you believe in ghosts and souls, then isn't 
kind of a natural conclusion to that God then? If you yeah. those other two? Yeah, I don't get I don't I don't get that, but you know, there are people who believe in that kind of thing, and there's plenty of atheists who deny science left and right. Yeah. Uh there's atheist flat earthers. There's probably atheists who think that space is fake. <laughs> I mean I, it's 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 an individual thing. It's not a we can't answer for all atheists is basically right. what we're saying. We can't we can't answer for all atheists. Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, and lastly, where can everyone check you out? At? I am X Cult Baby on pretty much all of my social media platforms. Uh, I believe that Ethan has my link tree. That should yep. be in the description. You can find pretty much all my links there, but you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. I have a Twitch that I never use. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me at all those places. And of course, I am a semi-regular co-host of The Nonprofits and Secular Sexuality, which are both shows that are hosted by the Atheist Community of Austin. So check out those channels as well to see some of my appearances. Awesome. Well, Rudy B., thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. Everyone else, make sure you like and subscribe and enjoy the rest of your evening. Oh, oh, and uh, join us on YouTube in eight minutes as we do the pickup line with Hannah Vaughn. Today's topic, sex. <laughs> That's pretty vague. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. It's a live call-in show, too. So if you want to talk about sex, give us a call.